Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Carry On Friends. You're hearing a smile in my voice. How if you hear a smile in my voice? But you can hear when somebody kind of has smile a little bit. It's because Chris is with me today. Chris, what is going on? What are going on from morning? I'm back in the building and I'm loving it. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad you're excited, Chris, because I need your excitement over this side, you know, because you, you already know how the year set already. So, yes, yes. So let's level set for the audience. It's been a while. The last time you heard from us, um, it was the beginning of the year. And then you've had a lot of great episodes in between. And now Chris and I are back to kind of catch you up on what's been happening between us. Don't it, Chris? Yeah, I mean, a lot has happened, right? We've we've mm-hmm. we've had life happen, you know. Tell me about it. <laughs> so funny because I think I was telling you before this, I was I was in a deep deep sleep, and I was like, oh, "Podcast, we gotta go." <laughs> like, like, um, but yeah, um, man, I had surgery, like major major surgery, and for you, Carrie, I know what happened, but I don't want to. You know, I know you, you're going to speak on it. It's like for a lot of people, 2021 and now 2022 has seen a lot of change, not all of it good, but change nonetheless. And, on, you know, it's just change. One thing, I, you know, we have to embrace uh, or come to terms with what, however you want to word it is that we cannot avoid change and we shouldn't try to, right? Mm-hmm. Be, be thankful for each moment. And understand that part of life is change. Um, If you remember, I posted something on IG the other day and I was talking about life. And for some reason, we have this notion that life is, you know, life is supposed to be good. Like, you you know, we work hard. We do all these things. It's supposed to be good. We're not supposed to have any problems. I don't understand why we have problems. Ooh, tell you so. You know, um, it's not that we don't think so, but we've been absorbing a heavy diet of, Mm -hmm. I made it, I'm doing good, Mm -hmm. I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. And part of that is escapism, right? So sometimes we don't want to kind of deal with what's happening in our lives. So we want to see that positivity. You may try to want positivity, (laughs) positivity, but at the same time, because the algorithms are what they are, it tends to, you know, feed us these. Oh, yeah, constantly. absolutely. Absolutely. And that's not reality. But I don't want to leave the audience in suspense. Um, so at the beginning of this year, like a little bit after we recorded that episode, Chris, and if you remember in that episode, I was like, you know, I don't quite feel the excitement you are feel coming into 2022. Right. You know, it's just like I, I was just like, I don't want to plan because, you know, I have like. PTSD from 2020 and 2021. And maybe about a week or two after we recorded that um, interview, my cousin called me from Jamaica and I was not expecting this call. She was like, basically, Uncle Tony died. And I was just sitting in the bed, just like not saying anything, you know, because it was literally shock. Like, Mm -hmm. I just could not. I couldn't process it, you know? And my brother was also in shock because after we were like, yeah, daddy Tony died. My brother went back to sleep. I went and recorded a podcast interview. It was just that shock 
that is, it just suspends you. And for about two weeks straight, I was in that place of shock Yeah, where it wasn't necessarily crying. It was just like, I'm suspended in time, you know? And for the audience who may have joined the podcast in the last couple of years, this isn't the first time I've had to address my grief and the passing of someone very important to me in the podcast. In 2016, 17, I had to deal with my grandmother and my grandfather, and that really impacted me. Some of those episodes, you heard me kind of choking up. But this one just hit differently, just hit, hit, hit differently in a way that is yet to be processed because it was sudden. So it wasn't right. like he was sick. It yeah. was just suddenly. Totally unexpected. To- like, I was not expecting this call mm-hmm. at all. You know, whereas I knew my grandparents were sick, you know, but this one, I just wasn't expecting it. It was just a complete shock. And I think in those moments, it's the processing, like all these questions that I didn't know were questions that I had that I needed answers to, you know? Yeah. Um, And I could be very transparent. It was just, you know, like they were saying, well, you know, he loved you. I'm like, did he? Like, can he tell me that? Like, it wasn't like I doubted it, but it was almost like, let him tell me, (laughs) you know, like I want to hear it because now it's like, you are telling me what he would have felt. And I want to hear him say that to me in this moment, because that's what I need in this moment, but I'm not going to ever get it again. It was almost like, Going through this process, and I remember doing this with my grandmother, you know, maybe if you call more often or maybe if you did this more, you start litigating all the things you should have or should not have done. Right. Um, Because it's something you just need to help yourself kind of make sense of what's happening. And then I had to remind myself as I had gone through this with my grandmother, I could have called him every day, three times a day, nine, twelve, six. If the same outcome happened, I still would have said it wasn't enough phone calls. Right. It wouldn't have been enough. And throughout this process, I was still kind of going. Everyone was checking, are you okay? Because I'm his oldest child. And everyone was checking I was if I was okay. And I was like, you know, I'm just go on. Yeah. You know, because at the time, Chris, and you know this, like, I, I don't know what else to say, you know, to be honest. I do know what happened after my cousin called me. Immediately, my mind went to, all right, COVID still I keep, going to Jamaica, planning a funeral from here, coordinating with people in Jamaica. That's where my mind went to. Right. And so, uh, you know, you all understood that, okay, that's where Carrie Mind goes to. Like, I'm thinking logistics. Everybody mm-hmm. else is like, you're sure? All right. Mr. Nomada's kind of in a what's going to happen mode. and that's the mode that suspended me for a very long time. And, and and I'll be honest, there were moments where, you know, my cousins, they kept a candlelight thing and it was just like, oh my God, it was kind of emotional. But for the most of the time, I was just still in a like state of shock, mm-hmm. like a state of shock. Oh boy. And, you know, when I look around, I've noticed other people experiencing levels of grief, you know, Maybe not the parent, but in other ways, you know, um, grandmother who, yeah, grandparent is a parent, you know, but yeah. family members and it's like aunt, uncle, you know, yeah. brothers, sister. There's been a lot of grief, people dealing with a lot of loss, you know, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, for a very long time, I've wanted to address grief on this podcast, but I just felt like nobody don't want to hear me talk about dead people and processing that. But 
you know, for years, it really took up a lot of my time and how I saw myself. And, you know, immediately after, so if you didn't listen to the first episode, I kind of said, oh, you know, I'm going to do my course and everything. Like, so in addition to going into logistic mode and thinking funeral preparation mode, I think by the next couple of days, I'm like, what am I doing any of this for? Why do I have a podcast? Why do I want to do it? It's like all these aspirations. It's almost like, what does sense it make? You're going dead anyway. You know, that was the emotion that I had. It was just like, why bother? I'm just like, "Mm, none of this matters to me. And in that moment, it was a legit emotion because you're dealing with one, you know, reminded that you will die. Right. And um, the anxiety that comes with that, you know, because it was... It was just like, oh my gosh, I I started looking at my own kids. How would they process, you know, me passing? And then it was almost like, why, why kill up yourself to do a podcast and to do any of this stuff? What, what's the purpose? Why? And I allowed myself to feel that way, but then, you know, I guess the way I call it, good sense prevail and say, okay, just, you know, just do, Yeah, you know, um, but that's kind of where I was, Chrissy. I mean, like, even now, people might be like, she don't sound like she grieving because I cannot make sense of this at all. But guess what? That's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you and I have had conversations about grief in the past. We, No one can tell somebody. I can't tell you how to grieve. You can't mm-hmm. tell me how to grieve. Everybody grieves differently. Um, everybody deals with loss differently. So how you're dealing with with it now is how you're dealing with it now. Mm-hmm. Later on, it might change to something else. And regardless of what it changes into, it's still okay. You know, it's like, I just feel for, you know, I just feel for you going through that loss. You know, I feel mm-hmm. for my friends when they have to deal with loss, you know, and that's it. And it's, you never know what to say because it's never the right thing to say. It's, oh, you know, don't worry. Um, Man. What's the other thing I've I've heard? I've heard, you know, everything is going to be all right and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, like like those things, you know, I have to be very mindful. Like things, yeah. so some of the things I've said, and, and I still don't know if they're right, but some of the things that my thoughts and prayers are with you, you yeah. know, um, you know, I wish you peace and comfort during this time, you know, things like that. Yeah. But beyond that, I'm very careful of what to say because, you know, you just don't know, you know, you know, and you definitely don't want to say, don't worry. What do you mean? Don't worry. Right. No, Miss Chess. Like, yep. I don't know where, what I'm going to do, especially if you're responsible. Like if it's a situation where now you're the executive of an estate, you have all these different pieces to move around. You yeah. Got, PFA funeral. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to plan the funeral. You, yeah. You got all these that you have to pay for the funeral because maybe they didn't leave any money, but don't worry. Don't worry. You know what I have to deal with? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, going through my grandmother was kind of when I realized, like, I really need to be careful what I say to other people, because I remember other people was like, well, she's in a better place. Me me never ask you. (laughs) you. I'm I'm not in a better place. You know what I mean? Like, no. And then um, last year, a, a family member died and the funeral was streamed on YouTube. And they said, it's appointed to man to die every month. I'm like, how is this comforting? How is this comforting? Like quoting Bible about appointed to man to die. You know, you're supposed to grieve. The, the good thing about it is I grew up in church enough to know that 
it's their best intentions is what they can recall at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also I'm grateful that the grandmother that I was grieving and now in my own unique way grieving my father, I know that it's okay to grieve in this way. You know, Jesus take but one week before he reached Lazarus them. Mm-hmm. Um and and when after Lazarus death. And and when he got there and saw everyone crying, it said shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Right? So I'm allowed to to cry. I'm allowed to delay. You know, if I want to interpret Jesus, I take a whole week to reach right. Lazarus, you know, but sometimes it's okay to just not say anything, mm-hmm. just to be like, I don't know what to say. You know, I was reading something where somebody was like, you know, they said a quick prayer. I, I don't want to cause any harm with my words because it's such a delicate time that the, the just this, the w- one word can just throw somebody off. And so for me, I've just kind of, you know, just kept it basic, kept like, this is what's happening. And the other thing that's weird, people always say, why you never tell me a father dead? Miss say, hold that sound. Ding, 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 Chris. Daddy dead. Like, how is that yeah. a part of a yeah. conversation? <laughs> like, how do you, you know, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you on my own time. Exactly. But I'm not required to call you and tell, tell you. you. Yeah, it's yeah. a very awkward conversation. Yeah. And, and my brother, I overheard him talking to a friend the same way. And he was just like, Son, why you ain't tell me that your pops fell out? And my brother was like, yeah. "Like, how does that come up in a conversation?" Conversation, like, yo, you know. And so when you do know, you know, don't <clears throat> take it personal. It's not about you, right? And you know, it's okay to say, you know what, Carrie, I don't know what to say. Um, sorry for your loss. That's it. Yeah, I'm good with silence. You already know, like I sit yeah, in yeah. silence. Yeah. But it's been a few things, and then we'll get to you, Chris. I don't want to take up this whole interview no, no, talking no, no, about no. it. Come on now. <laughs> you know, going to Jamaica, um, the few things that I just reminded was, you know, from death comes life, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the relationship with my cousins, I call us the original five, because from my father's mother, we were like the original five grandkids. And it was just my one brother, the one boy with the rest of us girls. And it was just good to to be around that again. And it's just just laughing and jokes constantly. Right. But also recognizing that because of the distance, we were perpetuating something that happens when you migrate, that you are breaking um, family connections. Because my cousins have their entire family in Jamaica. My brother and I have orchids here and they're not really connecting. We're not building that bond for that next generation. Right. And so it's a, a recommitment, you know, because none of us say, well, we, we live a fire and we're not going to talk. You know, it's it's not an intentional thing. So you, right. you kind of have to recommit to, to, to say, no, we have to keep the family intact. And okay, we may not be able to fly out on the private jet to come to Jamaica all the time, but, you know, we we have to be diligent in letting these younger kids know their cousins because it's it's huge. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I learned, and these are more practical takeaways for anyone listening on the podcast that still have family members in Jamaica, um, start saving your money. Start putting some money to the side because last minute plane ticket. Funeral costs and these ancillary costs when you reach, 
you know, if when you live here, you kind of have life savings and you have luxuries of mm-hmm. 401k and, you know, life insurances and all of that. But when you're dealing with family members in Jamaica, that may not always be the case. And if it is the case, it may not be enough. There's there's always that last minute ticket. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you exactly, but it's something to think about. What are you going to put in place for this particular emergency fund, Absolutely. you know, that you now might have to deal with? You might have to run go Jamaica, go on funeral and whatever the case may be. That was just something that it came to my mind, but it was just not something that I acted on. And it came to my mind last year when he had COVID and it was just like he got better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, mm. Yeah, if I pick up money, I run go Jamaica who have that money to pay, you know, the drop of a dime. So th- those are some more practical things from that experience that I want to share with the audience. And then finally, you know, I went to, you know, go through the funeral. And even at the funeral, like there were tears of sadness. But I promise you, I didn't get closure or address my grief until a whole week or two after I came back from the funeral because I was in logistics mode. Like, yeah. You have to do this for funeral, that for funeral, pick up this, do that, get this, get that. And so for a whole week, I probably should ask Jamila about this, but for a whole week, I was it was like Groundhog Day. I was reliving the day of the funeral or right. different aspects of the trip. And, you know, suspicious. You see the body, you see the face, because I'm about to interpret whether it's a bad dream. I said, it's not a bad dream. I feel that it was me not really getting closure as much people get closure at funeral, I didn't. I was too busy being coordinate, you know, just doing the mm-hmm. most and not necessarily, okay, you know, this is what's happening. Address your grief. So, you know, we only in March of 2022, I felt like I went through 12 months already. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. So thank you audience for listening to me share about what's been happening, how that it's impacted me. Um, I've had to just cut back and do the bare minimum. I'm not trying to do the most. I've done the bare minimum. And, you know, ambitions can take a backseat to grief or just want to just chill out because I'm processing. So, And that's okay. Yeah. Hmm. And so you, Chris, you know, simultaneously. Well, you know, you just reminded me. I reminded you of what? Yeah, you reminded me when you when you just said that, um, you know, before we started a podcast, we were talking and you reminded me that it's okay to just just be right, you know, mm-hmm. because you know I know this, but sometimes I get a little bit uh, just enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, and I'll circle back to that in a little bit. But in terms of what what's been happening, I mean, when we when we last spoke, I was in a mode of preparing for this surgery, right? And so February came, and around about the beginning of February. I went into the hospital and had to have this surgery, which was uh, a right hemicolectomy. And for those of you who don't know, uh, who may have missed previous podcasts, I uh, was diagnosed with uh, appendiceal cancer, which is basically cancer of the appendix back in September of 2021. And um, as a result of that, uh, you know, part of what needed to be done is I needed to do this this surgery with this right hemicolectomy to remove um, part of the right side of my colon and do a colon resectioning, which basically involves reconnecting everything after they remove that part, reconnecting everything. So you function normally. Right. And 
what I mentioned it then and what I didn't know was that when I had the surgery in September where they found the tumor and they thought they removed the tumor, they actually only removed two centimeters. The tumor was a whole five centimeters mm-hmm. in my body, right? In, in size. And so what they actually removed was only part of it. And so when I had uh, colonoscopy prior leading up to the surgery, they discovered that there was three centimeters of tumor still inside of me and needed to come out. After the surgery uh, was performed, I mean, it was, it, it was amazing. This surgery was done laparoscopically and robotic. It was a robotic and laparoscopic surgery. So what that means- High-tech surgery. High-tech. High-tech. So what that means- You're a robot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes. uh, uh, Yeah. So believe it or not, I actually watched this on YouTube because I'm that sick, right? I just- No, it's not sick. You're knowledgeable. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. know. But I just, I wanted to see. I wanted to see my own. I was was asking. I was like, can you videotape it? Like, I want to see. Can you videotape it? But they were like, no. 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 no, but, but, you know, stick a pin. So I had a right hemithyroidectomy okay. and I asked them to, um, it wasn't because I'm hypo or hyperthyroid disease. They had a nodule on it and they were like, this can turn into cancer. And I'm like, oh, take it off. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, can you take a picture of what came out? There's like, no, we cannot. I was just like, what is mine? It's it mine. Yeah, why? Like, I can't get it. a picture. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's must be some hospital protocol where they're yeah. like, no. Yeah, but yeah, but but they can but they can watch the tapes and see what they did wrong, right? But I can't see. I can't see. They don't want me to see because they don't. We I think we left a glove in there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) don't worry, it'll dissolve. (laughs) He'll pass it out. (laughs) So okay, so I didn't get to see it. So, but but the bottom line is, you know, the laparoscopic uh, for people who know obviously understand this is it's smaller incisions that are made. And they used a robot to go in and remove part of the colon and 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 do all this stuff and resection. And it's fascinating. I, I have about um, five incisions in the area of my abdomen. And, and <laughs> so um, just a little side joke. So Tony calls the one above my belly button. Um, she's like, oh, let me put a quarter in your, um, <laughs> it's, what do you call it? The machine that. You know, she's a slot. slot. You call it a slot. Because it really does look like a slot that you put a quarter in. And I was like, you know, you're not funny, but it's funny. Um, So anyway, my point being that, you know, after the surgery, um, I spent about a week in the hospital and it was a process Um, for me just being there, seeing everyone around me because I'm at one of the top cancer hospitals in the country, uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering. I'm surrounded by people who have problems similar to mine and some who have problems that are way worse, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Some who are uncertain of their uh, lifespan, you know? Uh, There was a a gentleman I ran into in the hallway because part of recovery process is, you know, they want you to walk. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they determine that you're ambulatory, they get you up and say, hey, let's walk the hallway. And I'm walking, you know, I have my IV and, and I had a wound vac. Uh, so for those who don't know, when you, you know, based on whatever surgery you may have, the wound vac is usually attached to you to help with the healing process. So, uh, I'm walking the hallway with this wound vac, with my gown and my robe and my, my nice slippers that don't slip and slide. I'm like, no, not slippers, uh, uh, socks. socks I'm like, socks. I need those socks. I need those socks, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, so anyways, I'm walking and I run into this guy and we're talking. 
young white guy. He's like uh, probably younger than me. He might be early forties. Uh, and so we're, we're chatting and, you know, I said, how do you feel? You know? And he goes, you know, I'm okay. You know? And, and I could see it in him. So I said, you know, well, let's walk, you know, I was like, well, you know, let's just walk and we're walking. And then he starts telling me what happened to him that, um, he had, he and I basically discovered we had the exact same type of cancer, a rare form, which is appendiceal cancer. It's not common. But unfortunately, his situation was far worse in the sense that, you know, it seems to have metastasized. So, I mean, I felt such pain for him, you know, because you can't see someone going through something like that and not feel, you know, especially when you're going through it too. So it's like you understand. And it's like, I had no words, you know, I just, I had no words. I just, I told him one thing I did share with him is, you know, because he was dealing with some of the same symptoms I was dealing with, which which is nausea. So I told him about tea and I said, you know, I have a place that I get my teas from Brooklyn tea, you know, so shout outs to Brooklyn. Big up to Brooklyn tea. And I gave him the website and I told him, get the, um, the, uh, soursop with sage tea because for me, it worked wonders with my nausea. And so bottom line is, spent that time, got discharged, everything seemed fine. And I was healing well, it seems. And then almost a week later, I'm back in the hospital because now I'm having heart issues. So I went from major surgery to deal with this cancer to now back in the hospital after having been had a heart attack in October already. To now being back to get another stent in February. So mm-hmm. it was just like, what in the flying farfet nougat is going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and then I'm like, oh, can I get a break? Can I get a break? I can't get a break. Can I get a break? You know, it's frustrating. So, you know, mind you, you know me, I'm, I'm positive. I'm glass half full. I'm like, okay, but you know, I'm fighting. I felt like I was fighting now because Doctors are saying to me, well, you know, it's it just monitor it. I'm like, no, there's no monitoring. You don't understand. When I walk, I'm in pain. My chest, I feel like someone is stabbing me multiple times and they won't stop. Like something is wrong. The reason why they weren't catching it is because when I'm resting, like if I'm here sitting, talking to you, there's no pain. When I'm laying down, when I'm if I'm walking around my apartment, no pain. But I walk out of the apartment and go down the block. Oh, no, it's like stabbing, wheezing, can't breathe, feel like somebody sitting on my chest. So I knew something was wrong. So finally, they, I got them to do an angiogram, did the angiogram, and they determined that, yes, um, you're like 90 to 95% blocked. Oh, duh. Like, <laughs> like, I knew something was wrong. His body was ringing a direct line. He was ringing from the heart up to the brain, like, yeah. hello, Chris. Yeah, yeah. There's a problem down here exactly. reporting for the. the yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so it was, um, it's been, you know, a little bit of a, a challenging period, but I think I've been handling it well enough, you know, in the sense that I don't let it stop me and I, I keep doing what I need to do, I, which is waking up every morning, you know, taking time to exercise and exercise for me just involves walking, right? Cause I can't do any actual exercise yet. But walking, getting outside, being, you know, being among the elements, you know, the nature and, and just experiencing life outside, you know, really taking time to appreciate everything while I'm outside walking. And that for me has been helpful. Today was a tough day because today I didn't want to do anything. Today I was, I felt extremely 
maybe lazy is not the right word, but that's how I felt. I just felt lazy. I just didn't want to do anything. And I said, nope, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. So I got up, I pushed myself and I went out and I walked and I came back. And then what I said to you is you reminded me like, yes, give yourself grace. I was like, well, I made myself breakfast, which basically turned into brunch, but then I was tired. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to take a nap, but then I felt bad about taking a nap because there are things I have to work on. Like there's, there's actual things that I want to put in place. I needed to get on the computer and do some work. So then I was mad at myself that I took a nap, but my body needed it. But I think that's part of why we don't have a lot of conversations around grief. So when you think about it, no one wants to talk about grief because you don't want to deal with the death. But at the right. same time, it's part of why we don't necessarily grieve I don't want to say grief. Well, we we there's a challenge with dealing with grief. It, like there is a put up resistance. You know, yes. and deal with it. You yes. know. Um. I mean, how many times already? I'm just checking myself on this podcast. I'm kind of apologizing for talking about grief, but it's also a necessary conversation because people go through it. Maybe not in the ways that we're talking about it, right? But you know, in other ways where, you know, you're, you've lost something, someone, and it's affecting you in a way. And how are we dealing with this? Let me tell you, I read so much Bible and devotion from the Bible app. Like I'm just trying not to lose myself in this process, but also it's a thin line with finding that motivation to kind of just say, all right, let me just do it. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend and it was just like, yo, the world keeps moving. Right. So at my father's funeral, I was like the comfort or the check ins are not the day of the death or the day after or the week after or the month or the day of the funeral. It's the months, the weeks, the years after, because that's when, in my experience, it becomes even harder because. When I was dealing with my grandmother's grief and I eventually had to go to grief counseling because that was just a debilitating process. I remember the therapist said to me, she was like, the, the problem culturally is that everyone thinks that the grief gets better with time. And she said the grief does not get better with time because as time moves on, you start to think about, and I, and she said it, and that's what I was experiencing. All the things this person has missed, will miss, or isn't there to experience because they've passed away. When she said, I was just like, mm, thank God. Because I thought I was the only one that was kind of saying like, oh, I'm pregnant and my grandmother has been with me for my other kids. And this third child is not going to have that privilege, that gift Mm -hmm. of knowing her, you know. And so with grief, you know, I was talking to my my other friend and she was like, yeah, you know, we're kind of going through different grieving different family members. And she was like, yo, everybody I go about them there and you just feel like you're suspended in time. Like, yo, everybody there go and you're just like, I don't know. You just watch people that go yeah. back and forth in a, like, you know, when you've watched some pictures of people moving in New York and you just standing off to the side, like, I can't even do this. But to be honest, there are some days that are good. Like, you're like, okay, I'm moving and I'm doing this. And then there are days you're just like, I'm sitting on the couch and I start crying. You said a few things there, Carrie Ann. And- even with me, like I'm constantly reminding myself that what I've been going through is not anything light, right? It's, you know, it's not trivial. It's, it's all life-changing stuff. And so it's okay. You've always said to me, Chris, give yourself grace, right? And I, I have to do that. I have to realize that 
it's okay to have these days where I really just don't want to do anything. Not because I want to be lazy or anything like that, but I just, I have a bunch of emotions that I'm dealing with and I'm, I don't know. Like I just, it, like my body is just saying sleep. And I think that's part of the way my body is dealing with it. That's part of grief. Yeah. We're going to hold that. We're going to hold a couple long Z's. Yeah. 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 So I'm actually working on starting some therapy for myself too. You know, at the end of the day, this is, this is a long process and I, I want to make sure that I don't allow myself to believe that I can handle it all by myself, right? <laughs> you know, that that bravado, oh, I got this, you know, I got this. No, listen, oh, oh. and yes, I'm confident in myself, but I'm, I'm human, I'm fallible. Yeah, we, we, for you, Chris, definitely needing the support, you know, so because now we're getting into the solutioning. So we've, yeah. we've, we've kind of been talking about what's been happening to us. And we want the audience, you know, we've shared our stories so our audience kind of knows that, yeah, we're creating podcasts and we're posting on Instagram, but, yo, real life is happening. And we're doing our best not to save face, but to to keep at life, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a slippery slope if we're not getting the support we need at this critical moment. Like, um, grief in and of itself is not um, a mental health type thing, but it can lead to if it's not addressed or if it's not spoken about or addressed, it could lead to more severe mental health conditions. And so how do you talk about losing a parent? Like how, especially when it's so sudden, you know, I don't have the words, um, but I'm also glad for the space that I'm given to just, you know, all right, this is how I'm processing. So, you know, and my, I've been giving it to my journal. I'll be like, this is not fair. You know, like telling yeah. my journal. I'll be like David in the Psalms. Like, Lord, where have you been? Yeah, yeah, y'all yeah. leaving me? But I know you got me. But I feel like y'all leaving me. Yeah. You know, like literally just kind of talking through the anger and uh, our, our disappointment. Because those are all emotions that come up. You know, like, I'm just upset this has happened. I'm upset that this is the circumstances which has happened, you know, what happened in the hospital in Jamaica. Like, I'm just so, I don't even talk about it. I, I can't even talk about that part because I'm so upset. And, and and like I said, it doesn't matter how he went to the hospital or why he had to go. The care he received or didn't receive at the hospital, it comes back to he did not get what he needed. And I have to get away from the point where, well, if he was in New York with me, I would have carried him go Kings County and he would be good. Right. You, you, you know what right, I mean? Right. And that's the place that I've been in. And I have to get out of that place that I could have done something to save him or make it better. And I can't. And I have to do a lot of work. It's not like, oh, my praying is going is like every day digging yeah. into that work and journaling those feelings about not being able to change it as much as that's where my mind wants to think. I have to capture the thought and wrestle it down to the ground, give it to an elbow and be like, no, <laughs> you can't. You know, but that's where our thoughts are. For you, Chris, it's like you've said it, like, why am I body? I'll, I'll beat me. Like, yeah. why is it not cooperating? Yeah. yeah. Eat healthy, walk, you yeah. know, why? Yeah. And everybody's going through different things. They may not be going through 
a cancer diagnosis or a heart issue, or they may not be dealing with death, but everyone is dealing with some life issues. And we're just here trying to tell you that we don't have the answers. We're just telling you how we're going through it. And maybe a month from now, we'll check in and we'll be like, all gravy. And next minute, we might be like, yo, we need we need group therapy at this yeah, point. Yeah, because, seriously, seriously. Because it's, you know, but I wanted to definitely have Chris on the podcast and ended it on a, believe it or not, on a high note because, yo, Chris, you have life, son. Yeah, As for we real. talk about in Brooklyn, you got life. For real, for real. You know, and, you know, part of this mission or the story or whatever, the testimony or whatever is what we do with this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's the responsibility now having gone through this and still going through it in a way? And that's, you know, when we talked in January, you were talking about the Men Festival, Health yeah, Festival. Yeah. And it's now becoming more of a mantle that you've really committed to Absolutely. because of your experience you know so yeah the website will be up soon um so the black man's health festival i mean people can just follow me on instagram uh the handle is at chris factor um and so you'll be able to see more what's happening but everything is coming together really well restoration plaza is is has been phenomenal so we we're kicking it off there june 4th we're doing uh first a ride for black man's health uh and that's that's going to be uh bicycle ride from Restoration Plaza to Prospect Park and back. Uh, and then we have a, a, a day full of cool sort of uh, opportunities for people to network with vendors in the healthcare space, as well as providers like doctors, uh, you know, specialists, that, that sort of thing. And, and then throughout the month of June, a series of events. So June 11th, we're doing something with Hip Hop Closet. They're they're one of our partners and have done a great deal to help open some additional doors for us. And they're over in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. June 18th, we're, we're finalizing an event. Uh, and June 25th is sort of the wrap party, you know, the closing off. And we call that the party with a purpose because they're the funds, at least at a bare minimum, 50 percent of what we raise, we're, we're donating to a local nonprofit uh, that's been doing work in the community, working with young black men. And so, you know, a lot of what we want to do with uh, Heart, Body and Soul, which is what it's called, Heart, Body and Soul, the Black Men's Health Festival and the Heart, Body and Soul Project is really focus all our energy on ensuring that we identify resources, we share resources with the community so they know who they can go to as far as healthcare providers in the area. And we really start encouraging people to have these men, specifically black men, to have these open and honest conversations about their health, not just with their healthcare providers, but also with their families, right? Having that honest talk like, hey, you know, um, whether it's your spouse, your loved one, your your family member, you know, whoever is close to you just saying, hey, listen, I'm going through this and I need your support. And if that person can't support you and you have some, it has to be somebody else. And, but, but having the conversations with someone who can support you, um, because we all need that. That last statement, it no matter if you're a man, yeah. woman, boy, girl, dog, uh-huh. you know, cause mm-hmm. you, 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 on TV, they advertise, they have the something where you wrap the dog. So when lightning and thunder, they go on the right, dog. Right, dog, right, dog, right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, so the herf herf, the yes, dog needs yes, support, right? Yes, yes, yes. So. 
everybody mm-hmm. needs support. So even grieving, mm-hmm. I need support. And sometimes that support is, um, Chris, bring me some French fries. Carrie, you know I love French fries. Right, so right, you're going right. to bring me some French fries. Hopefully this helps. Or, right. you know, make me some cake or, you yeah. know, bring me some Hilda. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it has nothing to do with words. Sometimes it's actions. And so for those who are maybe not dealing with a mental or physical challenge, maybe it's just kind of grieving and you're going through your own thing. Sometimes support, you. people might ask, and it's just like, you know, I'm good. Bring me some cooked food from the cook shop. You know, maybe it's helping me not cook a meal today. Right. You know, something. But everybody needs the support and it's asking, you know, I'm I'm not an expert on grief. I've been dealing with grief in very different ways. And so, but, you know, understanding that, you know, sometimes it's just like, y'all listen, you're on me or you feel. Yep. Mm. And sometimes get vexed with them to I eat that thing that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's eat that thing that, because sometimes Everyone's like, oh, I don't need validation. Yes, everyone, we need some validation. validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need somebody to co-sign it, you know? Co-sign. Sometimes you'll be like, yes, I eat that thing them didn't do. Yeah. Maybe maybe not the whole thing, but this part here, so we yeah, eat that yeah, thing. Yeah. The rest of it, mm, yeah. you know, but maybe that's what somebody wants to hear. But again, there's a fine line, you know, tell them what they want, but need. Right. But it's it's you you know in those moments. And, and if you are somebody like me going through grief, a lot of times people need to take cues from us and we have to say what we want or what we need. And it's mm-hmm. okay to say, I don't know right now. Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe some French fries. Hint, I love French fries. <laughs> I hear you on the French fries. Eh? But, but but I mean, it's the thing that everybody knows about me. Yeah. You know, my all my kids have come to love French fries. Yeah. So, but it's like little things to make me feel better. Um, and... It, it doesn't cure everything, but in those moments, they go a really long, long way, way. Yeah, you know, to say, all right, you know, most I joke with Chris and, you know, it, yeah, for that yeah. moment, it's yeah. the medicine you need. So we didn't want this to be a long and, you know, no, downer no. of an episode, but we, we wanted to give you what's happening yeah. with us and how we are managing and coping with what's been happening from a life perspective. And hopefully having the opportunity, like you said, Chris, to have more open dialogue about the other aspects of life that may not be Instagram worthy. Right. You know, or TikTok worthy. You know, they are the real raw aspects of life. And sometimes, you know, you just want somebody to say, yeah, somebody did feel. Absolutely. You know, any, any last words, Chris? Listen, last words. I, I'm I'm thankful, Carrie. Thank you so much for for the platform to be able to talk about this. And um, we have a lot of really cool, fun things that we're going to be working on, and I'm super excited about that. Um, but this 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 conversation was needed, and um, just having it um, makes me feel better. So thank you. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. Thank yeah, you, Chris. Yeah, so I can thrive on your energy because yes. there are days I'm like, mm, Chris, you have Wolipa energy for me. Are you? <laughs> but I'll take it. And if you're listening, you're going through something and you feel like this episode was helpful or you just want somebody else to talk to or Ray, um, you know, just always reach out to us and let us know anyone how we can support you or find resources if you feel like you need some therapy or group therapy or something because you are dealing with something heavy, whether it's physical or 
someone passing away or you lose a job or whatever, um, let us know. Yeah, let us know. We'll try to get you the right resources. I don't want to just put blanket, but if you ask specifically, we'll try to get you the right resources. All right. And until next time, everybody, walk good. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.